Sometimes you feel so alone and overwhelmed, you don't know where to turn. These days, it seems like there is no end to our problems. We invite you to connect with Silent Unity, the 24-hour prayer ministry where someone is waiting to pray with you right now. Since 1890, Silent Unity has always been there. No judgment or dogma, just someone affirming the best for you. Call 816-969-2000 today. You can also connect online at unityprayervigil.org. You're listening to Unity Online Radio. The voice of an awakening world. Welcome to World Spirituality, exploring the unity within all cultures and faith traditions, with your host, Rev. Paul John Roach. So hello and welcome to World Spirituality on the Unity Online Radio Network. I'm your host, Paul John Roach, coming to you from a beautiful late fall day in Fort Worth, Texas. Today, I welcome back to the show Erica Buenaflor. Um, she is uh, uh, someone who is fascinated by the idea of healing. Um, she has uh, a master's degree in religious studies with a focus on Mesoamerican shamanism, a practicing curandero, a curandera, I should say, uh, for over uh, 20 years. She's descended from a long line of healers. Um, she studied with uh, various healers in Mexico, Peru, and in L.A., and is the author of a number of books, the latest of which is Animal Medicine, a Curandismo Guide. I hope I said that. Curanderismo Guide. There we go. The Shape-Shifting, Journeying, and Connecting with Animal allies which sounds fascinating to me and uh, so it's a joy to welcome erica to today's show welcome glad you're with us thank you thank you so much for inviting me again i'm super excited about this you bet so first question why are animals and animal spirits so important what what makes them important well one of the things is that they're free of any biases they're very instinctual. And animals just yeah. generally are very intuitive. You know, when we want to connect with them, they pick up on it right away. I mean, it's just like, I mean, even ants. You know, it's like you're going to put your hand, before you even put, like if there's a line of ants that are going there, before we even put our hand down in a certain direction, they're already scattering towards another direction. I mean, and when I say animals, I include insects as well, and all animals, right? Um, and, and the same... They're just very, very, they're very intuitive and they're very instinctive and they also um, are believed um, by Mesoamerican traditions to be able to bring messages from non-ordinary realms as well. Right. So, yeah, there's a, um, you know, we're talking about the natural world, right? And so there, there is a natural wisdom to to everything that's a part of, of that world and and I think we've forgotten that ourselves, right? Because we're, we're overlaid with uh, discursive thinking and our egos and what we've lost touch with that, with that natural wisdom, but we can reconnect with it. And that, that, like you say, that's a big part of uh, 
the Mesoamerican tradition, in fact, any shamanic tradition throughout the planet, right? Is that reconnecting ourselves to uh, these ancient truths that are within us and around us? Yes, I should hope so, yes. I mean, I could definitely speak for Mesoamerican traditions, absolutely, and I, and I, hope, that's, I hope that's true for, for various shamanic traditions. Right. So um, there's different ways to connect, and you, you have a list of different meditation practices and approaches and, and trances and whatnot, some of, some of which we might be familiar with from other traditions. I know you mentioned mudras, for instance, which is a you know, Sanskrit term um, we often used in Hinduism and, and Buddhism you know, for various hand gestures, right, that, that link us to a deeper truth. Um, that represent symbolically uh, certain ways of thinking or ways of being, right? So um, talk about some of the other ways that we can connect it into this um, into this non-ordinary reality with, uh, with, med- with meditation techniques. And by the way, maybe you want to at the same time explain what you mean by non-ordinary. Okay. So what's understood in... Um Generally, in uh, especially particular, you know, I feel, I feel like that I hear that a lot in a lot of um, shamanic traditions. So I can't speak for all of them, but I can definitely say, and, and there are similarities with a lot of the understandings of non-ordinary realms. But I'm spe- specifically speaking for Mesoamerican. So what right. I believe is that the non-ordinary realms, that animals are associated with specific non-ordinary realms. So, for example. The upper world, it's believed to be a realm where it's the cosmos, the sky, and it's not necessarily just considered up. It is, you know, with the understanding, because we're talking about quantum understandings, that we live in parallel realities, um, that it's, it's past, present, and future. We're talking about fourth dimension and beyond, where time and space is, is something that is not necessarily it's not guided by time and space, it's space-time, right? So, so in the upper world, there's medicines in these spaces. And in Mesoamerican traditions, it's believed that our ancestors are there in the upper world, that there is purity, there is innocence, playfulness, wisdom. Those are some of the medicines that are there. And also, sometimes when we have uh, traumas, soul loss our pieces, our soul pieces are up in the upper world. And usually a telltale sign when we see our soul piece in the upper world, it's it's generally because of a fallen hero or, you know, we don't want to see something that we need to see. We want to kind of be in a, you know, la-la land of like, no, that's not there. Um, so, you know, the upper, the, the upper world animals, animals that are associated with the upper world are usually animals that can fly, that are diurnal, you know, meaning that they're they're daytime animals, that they can they reside high in trees, they um, are hunters. You know, during the day particularly, and um, and they're related to some kind of cosmic element. So, when we connect with animals that are associated with these these, and and this is this is another very practical thing in terms of understanding animals is to look at just practical. We don't necessarily have to be, you know, highly intuitive. I mean, I, I feel that a lot of us, that's something that's developed and it's um, something that we, we develop by trusting our intuition, but just by researching it online or, you know, watching Discovery Channel, what are the natural traits of an animal? And when we start learning those natural traits of an animal, 
then you know that that correlates to what kind of non-ordinary realm. So that's the upper world realm, and it's important because those animals they they guide us into these realms. So when we're in meditation, when we're in a dream cycle, when you know we can do dream work, um, or we can do journey work. We can connect with an animal or shapeshift into an animal and go into these realms. And usually as that animal, we can find these soul pieces really quickly. We are guided towards certain medicines that our soul, our spirit needs at that time or will help us on a path that we're on. So the middle world realm, it's usually associated with different time spaces. So it could be a past life, a different point in time in our life. And there's medicine in the middle world of abundance. So when there's people like with there's issues of, of scarcity, of lack, the middle world is a very important space for us to be able to tap into. And usually animals that are associated with that can produce a lot of babies that are, you know, terrestrial animals, they're associated with the middle world. And you know, of course, there are soul pieces that are in the middle world where we need to find out what happened at a different time, space in our life or in a past life. And the underworld, the underworld is, it's very important that the underworld is very much a space of transformation. It's a space where we face our shadow aspects. We look at the things that we may not want to look at or, you know, the, the more difficult things. This is the space where we it's it's very interesting because in mesoamerican traditions it's believed that it's a regenerative space but at the same time we're going to get tested we're going to get tried so a lot of the animals that are that are associated with the underworld are nocturnal animals they're animals that hunt at night they're animals that reside in between spaces they're animals that reside that burrow in the in the ground they are in the water in the ocean so those animals that are there and, and parts of us that are there are there maybe because we need to soul pieces that are there because we need to seek shelter, we need to we don't we don't feel safe. And it's also important because when we're guided to the underworld and the animals are, are giving us courage to be able to see the things that we need to see. So animals are very helpful when you know, because sometimes it's it's not necessarily pleasant when we see things, aspects, bad habits of ourselves that we're not really ready to face, but the animals give us the courage and guide us to these spaces so we can see them. So that's the that's that's one way. It's a very practical way of learn about animals. Just read about them. What are some of their natural, you know, traits? You know, what do they where do they reside? Where do they what do they eat? Um, are they diurnal? Are they nocturnal? Are they do they have a lot of babies? And then of course in my book I include the mythology. As well, the Mesoamerican mythology is associated with those animals and the realms they were associated with, and also the spiritual and shape-shifting medicine of the animals as well. It seems to me that everything is, in a, in a sense, encoded into everything, right? Which is quite fascinating. And and if we can spend time, as you say, examining, looking, uh, or studying. Um, then these things begin to reveal themselves to us. As you were speaking, I was thinking how, um, you know, how closely allied the three worlds that you describe are to, you know, psychological states. And you mentioned the shadow, you know, the sort of subconscious or unconscious 
underworld um, and then the conscious mind of the middle world and then the you know kind of super conscious uh, awareness of of the uh, the upper world right and you see that also played out in in hinduism and, and even in christianity you know you've got heaven and and earth and then, and then this hell realm below unfortunately you know often we think of hell we think of some place we don't want to go um, but really it's just like you said it's a place of transformation right it's not it doesn't need to be demonized as a bad place it's um it's where the forces uh, you know that really transform us a sort of lurking if you like and and uh, and I love the idea that it doesn't have to be uh, you know a negative or evil place right absolutely absolutely it's a space where I mean that's where we need to see the spaces of what aspects of all of us you know we have something to clear to heal to release and it's in the underworld that we do that work and it's the animals that help us to you know, the jaguar is very much associated with fearlessness that we tap into the spirit of the jaguar, we become the jaguar so we can face the things that we need to face. And that's also something that's very traditional in Mesoamerican tradition still to this day, that we become the spirit of these animals, either whether it's etherically, we, we tune into them with etheric shape-shifting and we become their essence. And we can look at the things that we need to look at um, and there's, a, as I mentioned, there's a, you know, it's, it's, and it's the understanding of shape-shifting, but there's different kinds of shape-shifting beyond physical shape-shifting. And it's very helpful to become and embody and tap into that animal medicine to do that. So we're not talking about all becoming um, zombies or whatever, or, you know, weird stuff like that, right? But some people have, uh, when they, when they talk about shape-shifting and everything, they, they get to think about werewolves and, and, and strange things like that. But that's a sort of a popularized or a bastardized way of looking at this, right? Which it's much more subtle than that, correct? Well, yeah. I mean, I, you know, I, I, I don't, I'm not going to say I know. I've never actually heard of the zombie shape-shifting, but it's definitely not zombie shape-shifting. <laughs> well, maybe um, I wasn't. Maybe, maybe zombie's the wrong word. I, was, I think I was thinking of werewolves and things, people like that, things like that. Yeah, so I mean, um, you know, there's it's it's very interesting because there are and and this was actually something that was written about and it's not it's actually it's not uncommon, okay? And especially in the 17th um century at the peak of colonialism where Spanish missionaries um Ruiz uh, de Alarcón and um Jacinto de la Serna, two of them in particular, were they they were getting reports of physical people that could physically shapeshift as well so that's and that, that's still happening to this day i mean it's it's in certain pueblos in in mexico and guatemala um that i know of that it, this, these still these things still happen um but there's also the understanding and, and you see this a lot in the artwork of the maya um and in the the central mexican peoples as well um where they have they have an understanding where it's it's not just a physical shape shifting, but there's a there's an etheric shape shifting, the under, which is the correlates with the understanding of our auric fields, our auric bodies, our subtle bodies, right? Where they they we get imprints of these animals and we become them, and we get medicine, which is also very helpful too when we have, for example, etheric tears, 
You know, when people feel energetically drained, when we tap into the medicine of this animal, it actually heals a lot of these tears and irregularities going on in our energy bodies. And then there's astral shape-shifting, which is a lot deeper. Some associate with an outer body experience, and you can look at it that way, but that's also thinking that we're separate from everything else. And I, I encourage us to look at it in a way that we are actually connected with everything else. I don't necessarily identify it as an outer body experience. And then there's um, shape-shifting where there's, of course, the physical and the bilocation where you can be at two places at the same time. And all those kind of shape-shifting, um, it's, it's also an understanding that we build our animating soul energies, um, which, is, which is being in tune with the energies of our body, which is excellent and necessary for our own healing for our own emotional and mental balance. And there's, there's different exercises and different recommendations that I have so we can have our energy bodies align with that. Because all, you know, it's like meditation. Meditation, a lot of people fall asleep because meditation re- actually requires a lot of energy. And I mean soul energy. So I have different ways in the book of how to develop our energy bodies so we can go and we can journey and become these. And it takes practice, of course, in terms of doing that. And then at the same time, a lot of people are naturals at this as well. So it's, it's that balance of depending on, on, you know, what you can do. And, and it's, it's, it's a spiritual shape-shifting, a physical shape-shifting. It's on many, many realms. And I think, uh, thank you for that. And I think, uh, we know, we need to trust our own um, intuitive awareness in this, right? You know, that trying to force ourselves to do a certain practice that doesn't feel right for us is counterproductive. But they're, they're, I think each of us has a way, a way into this, you know, that, that feels natural for us. And we need to pursue that and trust that because, um, like you said earlier, this, this isn't esoteric, you know, this is... Um, something we can all embody, right? It's the nature of the of the, the world. The world is a transformative place. You know, things are constantly changing. And so that's what we're talking about is the ability to shift and change and, and expand, you know, not be stuck in a certain in a certain place. If if any of us have ever had pets, and probably most of us have, uh, we can attest to the fact you can commune with your pet at a very deep level. Um, and, you know, there's a lot of wisdom there and you're not thinking about, you know, I'm shape-shifting or I'm identifying with this path or whatever. It's just a natural communion, right? And, uh, and uh, to me, that's a good example of relaxing into the connectedness. Yes, yes. And, you know, it's interesting because I, I taught um, an animal medicine class actually on shape-shifting this last Sunday. And one of the participants, the ladies, was mentioning that you know, she had a question because, you know, in her journey work, she saw herself as two different animals. And I know this lady um, also, you know, I've worked with her one-on-one. So I knew she, I know she has, she she does develop her her soul energies. And one of them was an eagle. And it was very much, you know, she saw herself flying. And then another, she was seeing herself as the jaguar. Excuse me, Erica. I'm hearing the sound of the music, which means we're at the break. Let's hold that thought. We'll come back after these messages from Unity with Erica Buonaflor talking about animal medicine. Join us then. All are welcome. We're glad you found us. Unity Online Radio.
the voice of an awakening world. We now return to World Spirituality with Reverend Paul John Roach. So welcome back to today's show. I'm with Erica Bronaflor. We're talking about her latest book. It's called Animal Medicine, a curanderismo guide to shape-shifting, journeying, and connecting with animal allies. And uh, we were cut off at the end of the first break, unfortunately, in the middle of a story. But uh, Erica was sharing about a um, connection with someone who had a couple of um, spirit animals that she was mentioning. So let's let's continue that story now, Erica. Tell us about that. Well, she was in her shape-shifting experiences and journey work. She had two animals that she felt were, were opposing because one was a, a jaguar that's associated with the underworld and another one was an eagle that's associated with the upper world and is a diurnal animal. And, you know, we, we tuned into that and it was, it was the animals were helping her to try to, because she feels like she has two opposing sides to her. One that's maybe, um, you know, traditionally masculine, you know, um, hunter, like, but, but like in the day. And she has these two opposing sides to her and they're, tra- they're trying to help her to reconcile, to become in union with her. And that was a big message for her. And, um, and it was just beautiful to be able to have that, that she's, she's definitely, you know, strong in the day, the night, in both areas, and to reconcile it and to become okay and, and um, to integrate that in her daily life. Uh-huh. Yeah, very interesting. Well, I, I've got a couple of animals that are sort of contradictory. Do, you want to, do we want to talk about those a little bit? Sure. Okay, and you can interpret them for us, if you like, and um, see what, what comes up. You know, I've always, I've always loved swans. Like when I was a kid, I grew up near a lake in my hometown, and uh, there were always swans on the lake. But recently, um, it's got even more intense because uh, this, the, one of the Indian deities, Saraswati, is associated with a swan, but so is the Celtic uh, goddess Brigitte. And um, yeah, you know, that's, that's the familiar, the, 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 the vehicle of the goddess, the swan. And, and I've always loved water of all kinds. And so the swan has been very meaningful to me. And I think you mentioned in the book that uh, the swan is one of those creatures uh, that can move between the worlds, right? Because it can, it can fly. So it's in the, the upper world, but it's also on the water. And, and can, so it's sort of associated with the lower world as well, right? Going down into the, the watery depth sort of thing. But it also floats on that water, so there's there's the middle world. So, uh, can you tell me anything more about the swan in in, in terms of uh, what that might represent for me? Well, doves and swans, both of them, they're both associated as uh, love animals. Mm. And yes, you're absolutely right. It's and there's something to do with love and relationship there. Mm. And you know, it's, it's sometimes, you know, sometimes it's, it can go both ways because it was one of the things that uh, there was, it was, it, it was believed that if a partner necessarily was jealous, maybe overly jealous, they would, um, you know, they would actually, the, the swan was medicine for them, right? Uh-huh. And it, it's also, it's also helps to, you know, for example, if, if their partner passed away, they would go back and revisit that spot where they passed away and actually cry for their partner. And once they had a mate, they, they made that was their mate for the rest of their life. 
So there's something there that maybe there's a, a transition there with a, with a partner. There's something that's going on with, with the partner in terms of, um, you know, either, either it's, it's something that, you know, hopefully it's, everything's well. And assuming that everything is well, it could be one of the things that swans are helping you to, you know, find you new ways of expressing your love and appreciation to your partner. You know, uh-huh. especially if you're you're seeing them in your your visions, um, and and new ways of growing together, and that there's something that there may be something there that that needs to be forgiveness on some part and understanding on some part. So that's that's uh-huh. usually it, and that yeah, like it's an association that the swans are like trying to bring just to re- the importance of being together in union. Right. So that's right. that's in Mesoamerican understandings. I'm not familiar with the Hindu understandings. I, I know a little bit about Saraswati, um, but that's Mesoamerican understandings with swans and 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 doves. You know, the they're they're very much love lovebirds. And you know, usually if it's the underworld, if you see them like diving into the water, that there's something that there needs to be seen about the relationship. If you see them up above, right. if you see them with your partner. It's something that of expressing love with one another. It depends too on how you see them and what you're seeing them as in your, your visions. Cause that usually has to do with what message they have for you. Right. Thank you. Very good. Yeah. And in, in, like you said, in India, um, you know, Swan is often called Hamsa and it's able to uh, travel over the Himalayas. Right. So it has the ability to, to transcend, to go, to go to the heights and, um, it can also separate milk from water, you know, when it drinks. So it's the idea that it has discrimination and it can it can sort what's real from what's not real. And uh, so that's that built that sort of links into the love thing, too. Right. Whether love is real or untrue and the work we might have to do do with that. So. So very good. Thank you. Um, yeah, okay. The other, the other one you you mentioned earlier, Jaguar. And for me, it's the it's been the lion or the mountain lion. Um, you know, it's always been, and I'm, I'm a Leo, so um, I've always felt close to the, the lion spirit. Um, I know you have the jaguar and the puma and the um, ocelot in, in the book, right? Different kinds of cats. So what are the, what are the, you mentioned this, often they represent the, uh, the underworld, right? Or courage as well. Yeah, so the jaguar is, is, a, is a nocturnal animal, right? So the lion, it, it depends because the lion is, is, it could be very much associated with the middle world, you know, because it's, it's one of those animals that can be seen during the day. So it's not necessarily in the underworld per se, but it's, it's associated with many realms. It's actually, because there are some constellations that are associated with the upper world of the lion. So it's one of those animals that can be, that can actually journey into all realms, all of the non-ordinary realms. And it's also an animal that, um, especially the lion, it likes um, it likes it likes to be it likes to make sure that it has its space. <laughs> it likes to make sure that it's like okay, this is you know that likes to guide. That's definitely a leader. You know, it's, uh-huh. it's, it's a natural leader. It it, it naturally guides people. Um, it's it's one of those that that takes care of of its terrain, of its people, of of there. So it's very much a nurturer. And it's it's interesting because it's a it's a it's somewhat understood as more of a masculine, but it's also a very nurturing masculine aspect as well. It hunts, and at the same time, it it nurtures and it takes care 
of of its its tribe of the people around it, the animals around it, um, and it preserves also. So yeah, so yeah. it's very much uh, a nurturer. Yes. And yeah, a well, leader. That fits with, <laughs> oh, I think with, with where I with who I am. You know, as a minister, you have to be a nurturer, but I'm I'm also a, you know I think a natural leader as well. And I do like my own space too. So that that. That fits very well as well. So, uh, yeah, fascinating stuff. Again, if we journey to Hinduism, you know, the the the, the goddess who sits on the lion is uh, is Durga, which is the 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 transformative goddess, you know, the one that overcomes negativity, and uh, she she uh, she battles evil and and uh, the dark forces, uh, but is on that lion and it's sitting there very calmly, you know. Um, imperturbable uh, uh, you know on the on that lion uh, representing total authority but it's a nurturing authority like you mentioned it's um it's taking care of the world you know and all the craziness and reverses in the world uh only durga consciousness that the imperturbable consciousness can o- can overcome so um you know that it, it and it's a nice balance to me to the swan you know the swan's very graceful and elegant um, yeah, but you know the, the lion, of course, has a certain grace, but it's got power too, right? Yes, absolutely, absolutely. A leader in power, you know, and at the same time a nurturer. Sometimes you feel so alone and overwhelmed, you don't know where to turn. These days, it seems like there is no end to our problems. We invite you to connect with Silent Unity, the twenty-four hour prayer ministry, where someone is waiting to pray with you right now. Since 1890, Silent Unity has always been there. No judgment or dogma, just someone affirming the best for you. Call 816-969-2000 today. You can also connect online at unityprayervigil.org. So your your book has um, 76 spirit animals. And as you mentioned, it goes from, you know, ants to anteaters. I don't know if you've got an anteater in there, but goes from ants to lions, right? So uh, it covers the full gamut of uh, animal species. Tell us a little bit about what we need to do. You mentioned, first of all, investigate your animal, right? Um, look look at its qualities, right? Look how it moves, how it, it shows up. Um, uh, you could even look in an encyclopedia, right, to get a feel for that animal. Yes, yes, that's, and, and the mythologies too from different traditions that we feel connected to and associated with. Um, just, right. just looking at it practically, you know. Um, and another thing is, you know, practicing journaling, keeping a journal. Keeping a journal and, and noticing when we, when we see those animals to write it down. Because a lot of the times what they're doing, um, especially if they're doing something a little out of the ordinary, that means they definitely have, it's an omen, it's a message, right? Uh, so in one of the examples, for example, I talk about my one of my clients who was, um, you know, she's she's from the Armenian culture and she's Armenian, and in her culture, it's believed that, you know, owls were, you know, if you saw an owl as a, as a sign of, of of death or a sign of the warning, it was not necessarily something positive. And I, right. I shared with her some of the understandings of the owls that yes, owls are very much associated with the underworld, but. And I, then I explained to her some of the understandings of the underworld, and she was going through a space of the underworld herself. You know, she had been living a life for many years of rinse and repeat, 
um, not, you know, depressed. And then she had a bad car accident that she injured her back. And um, she had many just impounding, you know, depression. And the owl kept coming to her. And I encourage her to, one of the things is, and that's, I talk about this in the book, is to develop an altar, to create an altar. You know, I just told her, you know, to, to get a picture of the owl, to write about the owl, to, you know, basically court the owl, you know, court the owl with an altar, you know, it's like putting just a couple things. It doesn't have to be, didn't have to be anything fancy. So she did. And, you know, she began working with the owl and she, she began seeing with the owl, the owl too in her dreams. So I also encourage you to write down her dreams um, and see which one, you know, in terms of write down the associations and which one gave her an energy surge, which one she felt like, oh, yeah, that's it. And then write that down and note it. So, you know, fast forwarding, as we were working together, she felt much more comfortable with the owl. And um, she had filed a lawsuit in the car accident that she was in. And she got a notice of, of that her deposition was being taken. And that night, you know, she was going to get, she was going to the ATM and she actually saw an owl fly over her. But instead of being frightened this time, she's like, okay, everything's going to be okay. Because she had already, she'd been working, she'd been working with an owl. And then that, you know, um, when she was driving to the deposition days later, she actually, this is what she tells me. She she swears that she saw, as she was driving, you know, on, during the day over the freeway, she sees a beautiful white owl flying over her. And, you know, later that day after her deposition, the case settled, it settled favorably, you know, it was good. And that was definitely an omen, you know, because owls are are nocturnal. Um, And I was, you know, whether it was something that she saw, you know, in her mind's eye or she physically saw, that was definitely an omen. So um, to pay attention to what the animal is doing when that, that animal comes to us, whether it's in a meditation or in a dream or also in the physical too. Because there's sometimes animals will bring us gifts, will bring us um, a feather, will leave a feather for us, will leave a snake skin, or that that's a gift for us. They're trying to court us. They want to work with us. So pay attention to that as well. There's, you know, just very practical things. And, you know, if it's something that we want to reciprocate in that courting, that we put, if it were gifted a feather, to put the feather on our altar. Or put that skin or put that tooth on our altar of, of accepting that courting and of saying, yes, we definitely want to work with you as well. Um, so that's, that's something that's, you know, very, very just practical things. And, of course, engaging in, um, you know, taking a moment to, this is something that's very powerful, engaging in shamanic dancing, trance journey, and be, allowing ourselves to see ourselves and become the animal. And and move with our animal and connect with the animal and experience, you know, our meditations as the animal to tune into that and um, to tune into messages and gifts in that as well. So, um, you know, and then, you, of course, we can dress up as an animal, wear regalia and uh, create a song, poem. And when we do see them, especially in the physical that we greet them, we talk to them. You know, I have animals that they come to me when I'm in my run in the morning and I say hi to them and they, they say hi back to me <laughs> um, to get used to that because they, they will eventually start communicating with us in different ways. Um, they're very intuitive. Of course, the famous example is St. Francis, isn't it? You know, and how all the animals and birds would come to him. And we look at that as a, 
a special exception, you know, that he loved animals, whatnot. But really, that's just another representation, I think, of what you're talking about. And that is, you know, when, when we're open and receptive, then things are open and receptive to us as well, right? And animals are naturally attracted to us. Um, I've known people who are, you know, very resistant to dogs, for instance, and the, the dog will reciprocate. You know, it doesn't feel very good around that person. But other people who are very <laughs> welcome to dogs, for, uh, you know, the dog will ro roll all around and, and love on that person, you know. So, you know, we, we get w what we're putting out, right? Because that's a universal law that we talk about in unity, right? What goes around comes around. So if we, if we want to be enhanced, you know, open, right? Open to these things. Um, if you say, oh, that's nonsense, you know, that's never going to happen or you're making this stuff up. Well, guess what? We are, right? Because we get what we can accept into our lives. But if we say, no, I, I think, you know, there's some meaning here, um, then that too will open to us and we'll, we'll get some understanding. You mentioned earlier about the, the owl and death, right? And I, I've studied the tarot cards for many years and a lot of people fear getting the, the death card, you know, oh my God, am I going to die? And it's very, very seldom, isn't it, that, uh, you know, death, physical death is, is invoked there. Um, it's usually transformation. You know, it's, it's representing the dying of the old, so that new can come forth. And and you you've talked about that too. You know that that the transformative qualities are, are really what we're looking at when we're talking about death. Yes, and I, I'm, I love I love that aspect because I'm actually my birthday August was actually the seventh of August was actually traditional the great feast of the dead for the Central Mexican people. So that was the uh, month that we celebrated and honor our ancestors. And my uh, my birthday is actually smack dab right in like the dead. So like I always had that understanding of the underworld as there being transformation and holding space for that. Um, so it's yeah, it's one of my deep love, and it's def definitely it's a release, transformation, and being okay with change because change is constant. Right. And so what, what date was that in, in early August? Is that what you said? Yes. Uh, it's, it's, it's actually 20 days in August. I believe it's, it's the, my, my, the 7th of August is like smack dab, like one of the primary days of the Feast of the Dead. So it's, um, I have like death. That's, that's my death. That's my day. <laughs> yeah. Well, mine's August 6th, so I'm pretty close. <laughs> oh, my goodness. <laughs> yeah, that's pretty cool. <laughs> But it's also, if you look at the Celtic, uh, look at the Celtic year, you know, the, the uh, Lugnasser or Lamas, or, uh, you know, is August 2nd, which is the Feast of um, the Loaves in the, in the Catholic Church. But it's, but it's also the dog days of summer, you know, where everything seems to be worn out and not dead, but uh, overwhelmed by the heat or whatever. And yet, you know, everything's moving and changing and shifting, and then the harvest is coming, et cetera. So again, it's it's a it's an interesting time, right? Because um, we often think of the dead, and we think about November and whatnot. But uh, you know, it's 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 occurring in other parts. These transformations occurring in other points of the year as well. Yes, absolutely. So. In the book, you know, obviously it helps you because you've got a list of symbolic meanings for for each animal, and as well as um, what the the spiritual and shape shifting medicine might be um, in, in terms of, you know, we talked about the lion and 
and the, the courage of the lion and, the, and its ability to overcome difficulty or, or the love aspect and, and the um, forgiveness aspect of the swan. Um, but you, you, know, you go into a lot of detail, don't you, with each, with each animal. And of course, if you're fascinated with um, Mayan and other Mesoamerican traditions, then there's a whole lot of information in, these, in this book uh, for, for for readers that we we can't get into all the detail, but there's there's a lot of wonderful detail here that I think is going to appeal appeal to a lot of people. Um, what am I missing? What are, what have we not covered um, that you'd like to share in, in the last five minutes or so of our show? I don't want to leave anything out. So one of the things is yeah, I mentioned it too in terms of energy surges because a lot of the times. When, um, you know, because there's different ways that an animal will communicate to us. And um, an animal, for example, there was, there was one time when an animal was, there was a crow, there was a flock of crows trying to block my way. This was a long, long time ago when I had an interview at this law firm and um, they were blocking my way to enter into the law firm. I want to say this was like, yeah, 15 years ago or 16 years ago. And you know, they weren't rude. They were, I was walking. I said, okay, guys, I, I got to go to the interview. They weren't blocking, you know, they were blocking my way, but they would walk with me as I was walking. And, um, you know, crows, they, they usually don't tag along with us, you know, and especially not a flock of crows. Uh, but one of the things is I felt intuitively, you know, as I was tuning in, the interview was nice. Everyone was really nice. And I tuned into it and I, I felt like there was a warning. They were trying to get me to pay attention to something. And I had never went to an interview and afterwards I went and I, you know, and looked up like, okay, well, who are the partners? Let me go and see if they've been reprimanded by the state bar. But I thought to myself, I just tuned into it, meditated into it. And I thought, you know, was this, I felt, I tuned into it, was this a warning? And I got a definite yes. So I, I, I went to that and I said, okay, I felt just clear cognizance, like a knowingness that, that was definitely a warning. So I went and I researched them on the California State Bar, and um, the, the actual partner, the partner of the firm, had actually been reprimanded by a state bar for real estate fraud. So <laughs> it's something that, um, you know, you know, I recommend for people, like when they see something, when the animals are doing something that maybe, you know, could be abnormal. I mean, that wasn't necessarily particularly abnormal that we had. I had a flock of crows in front of me, you know, like, somewhat blocking my way to, to enter somewhere and they were moving me as moving with me as I walked. But th yeah, that was definitely, okay, that doesn't happen every single day. You know, we usually don't have a flock of crows like blocking our way to an, into an entrance. So I, I right. wrote down like, what could be the possible meanings of that? You know, that I call those energy searches. I like, okay, like what could be the possible meanings? I just, and I did an automatic like writing, like just like a dump. You know, like, okay, what could be the possible things? And I tuned into each one. And then after tuning into each one, I said to myself, well, you know, I said, there was a warning there. So, and I just felt like, yes, that was a warning. So right away, I looked it up and it was confirmed. So it's, it's, it's nice to be able to do a little research on the animal. And, and my book has, you know, the basic things of like, what are they doing? You know, what are they, the mythologies around the animal as well? And what are some, some natural things that we see about them and know about them in terms of what are, where they live, where they reside, 
things that are very practical so we can understand the messages that they give us when they do come to us. So all of that information is there in, in just one book. So we can look it up and see, and um, even if the animal isn't there, we can understand their, their practical traits and know what realm that they're associated with and see, okay, is this something that they normally do? Um, is, it, is there something unusual about this? And what's the message behind the uh, something that's a little bit out of the ordinary? Right. It's about paying attention, isn't it? And uh, being aware of what's going on, but also not jumping jumping to conclusions. I like what you did. You know, you 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 measured it. You you, you used your um, intellect as well, right? To to see well, what what is the truth in this? And and then you researched and and found some things. So I I think it's a, a what I'm hearing there is a combination of all levels, right? The intuitive, the emotional. The intellectual, the spiritual, um, you know, every, everything's useful, right? It's not, not about turning your mind off and trusting only intuition. You know, the, we're given all these areas of our bodies and, and souls, right? The etheric, the auric, the, uh, the ones you mentioned earlier, you know, different levels. Um, because we, we are, um, a, you know, a wonderfully complex. Well, the planet is a wonderfully complex uh, organism and, and so are we, right? And, and so we need to use every aspect of that. Yes, absolutely. Absolutely. You know, I have a, I was saying it's like, and don't forget to take your brain with you. <laughs> yeah, there we go. Don't forget to take your brain. Let's, let me tell people about next week's show and then we'll have our final thoughts. Um, next week, minister, author, and spiritual coach, Victoria Loveland Cohen joins me and she's going to talk about her new book. It's called Breakthrough. A complete guide to getting unstuck and realizing your dreams. So that's a positive book for next week. We'll be happy to talk with Victoria then. But final thoughts. We have about a minute left, I think, if, if that. Final thoughts for, for, for today for our listeners. What would you, what would you say, say, Erica? Is let, let out, allow ourselves to open up and trust that the animals will understand. Whatever that is, maybe it's leaving something on the altar about them. The animals are very receptive and they will get it. I love that. Yeah, just open up. I think that's good advice in every area of our lives, isn't it? Not to stay closed and shut off, but, but to open and pay attention. Yeah, I love it. Thank you so thank much you. for being on the show, Erica. Thank you. Thank you so much for having me. Thanks for listening, folks. We'll talk to you next week. Take care now. Bye-bye. Thank you for listening to Unity Online Radio, the voice of an awakening world. Sometimes you feel so alone and overwhelmed, you don't know where to turn. These days, it seems like there is no end to our problems. We invite you to connect with Silent Unity, the 24-hour prayer ministry where someone is waiting to pray with you right now. Since 1890, Silent Unity has always been there. No judgment or dogma, just someone affirming the best for you. Call 816-969-2000 today. You can also connect online at unityprayervigil.org. 